Good morning. I'm Harley Schlanger from the LaRouche Organization with your daily update for March 11, 2022. Well, I don't know about the rest of you, but I have to say my head has been spinning by developments of the last couple of weeks. I mean, the, the importance of getting the, the facts out, getting the truth out, countering the, the pro-war hawk narratives and organizing people to recognize that there are solutions. We should not submit to the pessimism which is being induced by the, the narrative from the media. It's quite exhausting and I'm having some trouble sleeping at night. And you know, maybe if I'm doing my job, I'm, I'm helping you have trouble sleep at night. But the solution to this is getting the facts, getting it out and organizing. Now, I had a lot of questions, and, and many of them have to do with the question of, uh, is, is it possible still to stop a war? So rather than take individual questions, I'm going to present some of the, the news shorts from the last few days, just to, to give some perspective and a sense that the situation is understandable, that the, despite the fog of war, you can know what's going on and that there's also a way of organizing people to act with us to bring down the power of this criminal cabal, which otherwise is planning to loot the world's population, reduce the population, and if necessary, do that through starting wars. So let's start with a few of the news shorts. Uh, one uh, economic news, the IMF managing director, Gorgieva, warns that a Russian default is possible, that the effect of the sanctions, the attack on the Russian central bank, the collapse of the ruble, the shutdown of Russian exports, and so on, uh, she said this is no longer an improbable event. And she said it depends on how long the sanctions remain in place and whether Russia will be able later to repay its debts. This latter point is a, a non-starter. Basically, Russia gives in, surrenders, and then the world goes to Russia and says, you get on your knees and beg and we'll let you repay the debt over time by looting your raw material base. That was the shock therapy plan from the 90s. It's not going to happen again. So I don't know what, what she's talking about, but the, the thing she's fearing is the contagion that will result if Russia defaults. Well, who else will default? There are 40-something nations that are on the short list of nations which could default on foreign debt. There are many corporations that, are, that should have been put through bankruptcy already. Many banks, including Deutsche Bank, that probably should be put through bankruptcy reorganization. So the cause of this is not Russia's actions in Ukraine. It's the systemic collapse of the financial system, which is actually what's leading to the provocation of Russia by the transatlantic powers who are looking for a scapegoat and looking for a way out of this without addressing the fundamental problem, which is that their economic policies are incompetent and murderous. Now, the problem is that the total volume of debt versus the contraction and takedown of the physical economy is causing the problem. This is what Lyndon LaRouche addressed in the mid-1990s with his triple curve function, that it's not sustainable to increase the volumes of financial obligations and the money to back that up, the two upper curves, while the downward trend in physical production 
is reducing the ability to produce the wealth that's actually needed to to can, to uh, handle the situation. So you add to that the effects of the Green New Deal, the, the shutdown of new fuel exploration, the taking down of coal, of nuclear, and so on, and the resulting explosion of fuel prices. Uh, all of this predates Russia's actions in Ukraine. So we're seeing a breakdown of the system. The irony here is that the solution is that the West should join with Russia and China in Eurasian integration with the rest of the world, which the Chinese have offered the West. Instead, the leading uh, oligarchs of the World Economic Forum, of Wall Street, of the City of London, of British intelligence, are defining the problem as the rise of China and the rise of Russia. And they say that must be stopped. Well, we had two world wars in the 20th century over that issue. Uh, the, the, the danger of a, an alliance between Western Europe and Eastern Europe and Eurasia. Uh, the danger to the British Empire. And now we're seeing the U.S. being put on the spot to, to enforce a, preve a prevention of that today. So uh, keep an eye on that. That's really at the heart of the crisis. Now, here's something of interest. There is a trucker revolt in Italy, a trucking strike, uh, the possibility that it will spread to Germany, not over mask mandates or vaccine mandates, but over fuel prices. Truckers can't afford to fuel their tanks to be able to deliver goods. The goods themselves are going up in price due to inflation. So we're facing a tsunami of crises, all of which means that the, the shelves on your grocery store may not have food in the very near future. Adding to this, there are fishermen in Spain and in Italy who are also not going out to fish. Why? The diesel fuel costs make it prohibitive for them to fill up the tanks on their boats. Uh, once again, what is going to be hit is the food supply that's necessary for populations in Europe. The same thing is going to happen in the U.S. with the attacks on the family farm, on agriculture overall, the 30 for 30 plan, uh, and the price of fertilizer. Uh, it's looking like a very bleak planting season coming up in the spring, which means another escalation of food prices. And wheat is already up 50% before you take out the wheat uh, being produced, that, that would be produced in Russia, Ukraine, and Belarus. The February figures on inflation in the United States were up 7.9%. That's probably an underestimate based on the way they figure out the consumer price index. But what it means is that not only was it not transitory, not only is it under control, but the thing that's driving it, the quantitative easing, the printing of fiat money to protect the debt on the books of banks and corporations is continuing which means the inflation will continue to grow. Now, then we have the story related to the war, the push continuing in Congress for a no-fly zone over Ukraine, for an escalation against Russia, new sanctions. Uh, the Atlantic Council is saying, what do we hit next? The, the wallets of every single person in Russia. They're going for regime change in Russia. They want Putin out. They want the Russian nationalism and the Russian sovereigntists defeated. 
and they want to reinstate the International Monetary Fund bankers' dictatorship that they had in the 1990s, which nearly destroyed Russia and which actually led to the rise of Putin, who is a committed, committed to the idea of national sovereignty. Well, what happens if you continue the sanctions and so on? Well, we covered that already. But what did the Congress do in, in order to carry this out? They just voted yesterday for a $13.6 billion aid package for Ukraine. And to pay for it, they took out a $13 or $14 billion extension of COVID relief funds. So if you and your family and your small business were depending on getting another check from the government to help tide you through this crazy period of lockdowns and, and quarantines, forget it. That money's going to buy arms for Ukrainian Nazis to carry out a, a guerrilla warfare against the Russians. At the same time, we're hearing calls for sacrifice. Biden saying, well, yes, I know it's tough, but we've got to help the people of Ukraine. We even have lunatics in Germany saying it's, it's noble to freeze for the Ukrainians. Uh, so th this push for austerity, in order to do what? To protect a collapsing system. This isn't going to fix it. It's not going to create jobs. It's not going to restore steel mills or build new roads or power plants. It's to provide liquidity for bankrupt and insolvent firms. And you're being told, do your part by turning down the heat, uh, eat fewer meals, don't eat meat. Don't drive anywhere. Don't plan vacations. This is the, the broader cost of, of the war. And the fact that political leaders who are too stupid to recognize that there's a way out of this situation by recognizing the legitimate security demands of the Russians of no Ukraine and NATO, no armaments to Ukraine, live up to the agreements such as the Minsk II that were already signed, these are the way out. Instead, by demanding that the Russians pay, who's really going to end up paying? The Europeans, the Americans, and especially people in the poorer countries, the post-colonial world, uh, they're going to be put through a new level of austerity. Now, let me call your attention to the insanity of, of Lindsey Graham, who basically called for Putin's assassination. He said, is there a Brutus in Russia? A Shakespearean reference from a, a man whose general level of thinking is, is far closer to, I wouldn't even say to Dr. Seuss, it's below Dr. Seuss, but a Shakespearean reference from Graham to do what? To carry out an assassination. He said, someone in Russia has to step up to the plate. Now, you can find on YouTube a video of Lindsey Graham and his, his colleague, the late Senator John McCain, who never met a war he didn't want someone else's children to die in, meeting with Azov Battalion members, that is neo-Nazi militia members in Ukraine in December 2016, where Graham promised them, we will go back to Washington and get you what you need. We will make Russia pay. Again, who pays? You pay. Now, I want to finish with two interesting things. One is an insightful comment from Gilbert Doctorow, one of the more influential and, and competent analysts of events related to Russia, in a post on, I think, March 8th, 
he wrote something which I think has a, a lot of validity. He said, only the senior generals in the Pentagon have their eyes and ears wide open to the Russian capabilities and intentions. The political classes, both Democrats and Republicans on the Hill, are lost in their own virtual world of unlimited U.S. power. That alone explain, explains the potentially suicidal demand from Democrats yesterday that Biden impose a no-fly zone over Ukraine, end quote, knowing that a no-fly zone would put us in danger of war with Russia. Dr. O goes on to say that perhaps the way out is for these senior U.S. military officials to meet with their counterparts in Russia to work out a way of getting out of the situation by granting the security guarantees to Russia, which in no way undermines security for the United States. Now, finally, just a bit of humor. I, I think this is very useful because, you know, in, in a sense, the ironies that you can look at in this, for example, the United States with the shock and awe policy, which killed more people in Iraq in the first hours of the invasion than have died so far on both sides in the confrontation between Russia and Ukraine, referring to the Russians as barbaric and giving the U.S. and NATO a pass. You know, these are, they're, they're so serious, they're not laughable. But here's something you can laugh at. There was a tweet, and unfortunately, I can't find the name of the person who tweeted it, but a tweet about the sanction policy. And this tweet says, quote, Russia has already been cut off from CNN, Pornhub, and Facebook. The U.S. is now working on depriving Russians of McDonald's and Coca-Cola, which they actually have now done. If they keep going with these sanctions, Russians will soon be among the healthiest, the most well-adjusted and best-informed people on the planet. Uh, with that, let me say that I, I think there's a lot of material that will be coming out in the next days. Uh, this weekend, I'll be posting on my blog page an article uh, that, that covers this uh, the whole situation around the war danger. Uh, you can go to the theschillerinstitute.com to see the interview I did with Helga Zeplerouche yesterday, our weekly webcast dialogue. And tomorrow, Saturday, there'll be a Manhattan Project event, which will take up the question of how do we get out of this crisis. So thanks for joining me today. Uh, hopefully, I'll be back with you next week. And, and in the meantime, think and act.